The glaive is nothing but an ancient symbol. It doesn't really exist. It exists up there in a cave on the highest peak. Without the glaive, you'll never be able to reach Lissa. I need weapons, not symbols. Once the glaive was a very powerful weapon, it can be so again, but only in the hands of the right man. For only the right man can retrieve the glaive. Am I that man? I wish I knew. I cannot go with you. Don't worry, if it's there, I'll come back with it. If you do not come back with it, you'll not come back at all. Welcome to the John Tesh Radio Hour. <laughs> Psych! <laughs> Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinate with Films. No, I said that because we got the either it's 95.3 or 100.9, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock. There's John Tesh now. Really? Hosts the radio hour. <laughs> on on radio like AM show. station? On, no, on, on our FM station what? in Gainesville. John Tesh. We just licensed him, so now I got to listen to that jackass every time I what do they go play? to the grocery store. It was 90s. Goo Goo Dolls was the Oh, okay. One. It was all 90s because stuff. Because he played. He played like the piano or Yeah, something. he was like a contemporary. Yeah, he was like Michael Bolton He might something. even have been Christian. Yeah. Well, God, he, that sounds awful. <laughs> it sounds awful. He has a couple of wacky co-hosts. Yeah, thank God we don't... Uh... I don't listen to the radio anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to podcasts or I'll listen to uh, my, my iPod, but yeah. I listen to NPR and you ever notice, you ever ha- you ever be going along in life and then all of a sudden you realize you have a quirk <laughs> and you're like, whoa, I do that every time for no reason. <laughs> my quirk, and I just realized it, if you're doing the news and you stumble on a word when you're given the news when you're reading the news or whatever and you mispronounce something, you stumble or you forget where you are, I have to immediately change the station. Oh, really? I don't let you come finish. You, <laughs> nope, you screwed up. That's funny. I'll come back 10 minutes from later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So how you been? I've been good. I guess we haven't done this for a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. Yeah, it's been about three weeks. And I enjoyed basically a full 10 days of nothing but movies. <laughs> Yeah, I that's called, crazy. I called it the winter of Paul, and I actually kept track. Yeah. Of it. So here, I'm gonna list a couple of these great. I actually classic um, films. Yahoo, yeah, uh, YouTube. I do so much stuff on YouTube. Um, they have a lot of people free do, movies uh, with uh, free movies with ads. Oh, free movies with ads for everyone now? Uh, no, not for every movie, but yeah. select movies have okay. it. That's and, interesting. Uh, and the ads are six seconds. You can click off the ad in six seconds. Huh. I mean, it takes you out sometimes a little bit, but it's not that big a deal. That is pretty cool. I'll have to check that out because I do use a couple well, different very, services. I it, use uh, Pluto gives a lot of great stuff. And uh, then, uh, who is it? Tubi is the other one I did. The funny thing is, is the type of movies we're going to do in this new series. Oh, would all be on there. Mostly. Yeah, yeah. Would <laughs> fall in there. It's a lot of crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to say that you're picking crap. Uh, I'm just saying. That. No, these this crap I love. This is the crap I live for. So I, it's funny that they use it for that reason. And yeah. a lot of it is, it's, it's how we grew up. Yeah. I mean... Oh, for sure. Somebody that grew up watching Terminator is their first 
uh, special effects movie. Yeah, well, I think that when people are saying... Like, are going to say, this looks terrible. Yeah, when people's mm-hmm. horror movie that they grew up with is like the new Candyman. Like, you know, they th- th- that's yeah. their Candyman. You kind of forget what generation you're, you're ref- talking to or I dealing mean, with. I mean, that's why... I, we're getting off on a huge tangent. <laughs> no, this is all movies and um, about obscure movies. That's, that's why good horror is. movies, like I guarantee, I guarantee, uh, Creature from the Black Goon has to hold up. I love it, but it's it's black and white. You lose half your audience that's right true. there, and then the Psycho, 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 holds up. yeah, Psycho holds up, but also black and white. People are like really weird with black and white, like they are with musicals. You know, I don't like musicals at all. They don't. They are not my thing. Every once in a while, I, they will yeah. make one though that that is really good. I'm not so I won't say that it's not not my thing. But I think people are like that with black and white films. Sometimes I don't, I don't subtitles like, is another group of people who don't like subtitles type of thing. Yeah. I like it all, man. I don't mind subtitles. I I really don't like musicals. Oh yeah. I, but I like the uh, like the fleet. What's the Demon Street? The uh, the butcher, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the barber, the butcher. Uh, what the, the hell is his name? <laughs> yeah, I missed that one. That was the sequel. <laughs> no, the Johnny Depp one. That was awesome, dude. It was, okay. it was some violent shit in that movie. That, and technically, that Willy was, Wonka. That was Sonderheim. Yeah, that was Sonderheim. He was. I listened to NPR like about four months ago, and he talked about that was his favorite one. Yeah. Speaking of people, we may that we did unfortunately lose. Is the fabulous Betty White? Yeah, she didn't make hundred. She's like, "Fuck that! I'm going out early. I don't need this shit." And they had like a whole story on Facebook. The coroner uh, says how Betty White died. Yeah, we know how she died. Ninety nine. Yeah, but they just—I guess—the story was that she just died in her sleep, which is everyone's goal. Well, people were starting to say she died because she got the booster shot. Oh, come on! It was like, no, she died because she was ninety nine. She didn't want. Old to age have, she didn't want to have to see another year. She was like, "Screw this shit." Well, do you see People Magazine that they still put out "Happy Hundredth Birthday, Betty White"? It's at the grocery store now. I saw it yesterday. It's so crazy. <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, they Fuck were it. still running stories about her talking to the um, what's his name." There was a actor that Sandra said, Bullock. No, I know dude, Sandra Bullock dude, and Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, they all did that same movie together. Apparently, that's where they kind of formed that relationship. Which movie? Like a, Something proposal. It was uh, a rom a rom com, <laughs> which is the other category of films that I just can't get into. Is rom coms? We won't find many rom coms on Obsessed with the Obscure, I would imagine. Uh, which is what we're talking about today. See, I'll I mean, us, I'll bring us full circle the, back. The funny thing is, is one of your favorite movies of all time. Oh yeah, is a rom com. What? What's a rom com? Oh, so I'm Aaron Axe Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I'm Aaron Axe Murder is. It's just wrapped in the dark. Yeah, story. That's not your typical rom. No, it's not. Though. But I can. I'm not against like love stories and everything. Some of the I best am. horror movies. I'm against love stories. No, some of the best horror movies have love stories. You know, Dracula is a love story. But yeah, it, I just can't do that. That typical Paul Rudd, Ryan Reynolds, Fifty First Dates. Of, yeah, the the first dates types of movies and everything like that. I can't do it, man. Uh, I know a lot of people do. Justin doesn't have a problem with them. Uh, I asked him one day, is this because you were forced to go to a lot of people? He said, no, I just liked it myself. I said, hey, kudos to you, man. I like Godzilla movies, and you're not going to find a whole lot of people are going to sit down and watch the old school Godzilla movies. So you you, you dig what you did. I'd watch 100 Godzilla movies before uh, I'd watch one, yes. <laughs> one rom <rock-off>. com. <laughs> <laughs> I sign off on that. So yeah, so what what are the obscure ones we've done so far? I, I love this series, man, that we're doing. It's really fun that we can kind of dive deep into these really deep phenomenal dive. gems that a lot of people don't know. They obviously have a cult following, 
but most of the cult following they have are people that have already liked <laughs> liked it from the 80s and it were just hbo and the movie channel and all those stations in the 80s did really a good job with a lot of uh indie movies i'm not sure how people find th- i guess they're in- that version of it right now is Redbox. if you are if you watch one of those obscure like nick cage movies because nick cage owns Redbox now basically it's nick cage his... nick cage and uh That's... bruce willis <laughs> they just do hundreds of crap all year round for the paycheck no matter what it is and uh Justin, I know, is obsessed with checking out all the Nick Cage or Redbox movies. And most of them, I mean, half of them are good, half of them bad. Both people like those two actors so much that they can come back and do a serious role and people take them serious. They haven't, like, ruined their reputation. They just now have a reputation doing Every once in a while, an actor will go to, like, super status, which, going back to Betty White, that's what happened to her. And... Uh, I think a lot of it was that Lake Placid, that Lake Placid thing. Then she did Saturday Night Live, and then she did the rom-com, all those things at the same time. I love Lake Placid with her. She has one of my favorite lines. He says, if I had a dick, this is the time I'd tell you to suck it. <laughs> and then she's feeding the, uh, the cows I wonder how she agonized over doing that line, because she man. seems too sweet for that line. And a lot of people say the Snickers commercial got her, too. Remember the uh, the I, Super Bowl the one where Snickers she got... Snickers commercial. says, what's wrong, man? And... Uh, you know, you don't act yourself when you yeah. don't have the Snickers commercials. They did the Joe Pesci one right after her, so it gave everyone kind of a boost. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm wondering if uh, well, well, that was my point that Nick Cage I think has gotten to that super status stage where he's just kind of a cultural icon. Keanu, in a certain extent, is like that too. But the uh, he's like a mem. <laughs> or Nick Cage, it's like it. it's like a laughable joke now that he does so many movies and that he's just kind of a caricature of himself. Uh, I don't. He think wants it, to be called a thespian. That's where I had. Did you start. see him? Did you read about his arrest in New Orleans? No, they. Uh, I did hear that the guy from. Uh, oh, he, Talladega Nights yeah, got arrested yeah. for drunk driving. He, he, <laughs> the like we created the blowjob. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Krampus. Yeah, but Nick Cage got. Uh, belligerent and drunk in a bar and people thought he was a homeless person because he like had only like one he looked sh- one like his shoe. character from pig <laughs> yeah he was yeah he was he was just disheveled and uh, but he was drinking like really expensive like scotch and but he's being how super the fuck can this guy afford this shit <laughs> he's being really belligerent and they asked him to leave and he wouldn't leave and he went outside i, I do remember hearing about i don't remember hearing details yeah, yeah. but he's had a couple of those incidents well like it's nick cage let him do his thing man he's a national treasure I mean, he oh, wait, is that Matthew McConaughey? Whoa, look at he, that zinger. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> now, I think he sold his T Rex. He had one of the, he had one of the very few, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex fully intact. Yeah, gull. And Action Comics number one, the first yeah. Superman, he sold that. Yeah, someone stole it at one point. I think it was his Action Comics. He had a huge comic collection. He he went on a really. You never know what a lot of these celebrities if you're do buying, with their money. If you're buying fossils and, and comic books, you, yeah. you got too much money. No, but I think a lot of them save it, and a lot of them Ooh, think it's going to end. Money. <laughs> speaking of too much money, I, uh, if you have some, I'll take it. I won $100 on a scratch ticket the other day. Did you? Yeah. That's good. A girl got me one for like my stocking. Nice. I uh, played Powerball for the first time. Oh, did you? Six hundred. Since million. it rolled over, I'm. I, I, and you. Six hundred million. Unless you were, this was some big scam to tell me in the middle of a pod that you won and were rich. Ooh, man, that would have been a great. Is it? Am I about to be let down? Am I not? No, I didn't win. Oh, fuck. I, it's. I just bought the ticket. Then we'll continue with the rest of the pod. I just bought the ticket. <laughs> oh, for the next one. For tonight. Oh shit. <laughs> 
Well, then call me tomorrow. We'll do so it when you call for a special. We'll start pod. a. We'll start a. We'll start a toy. Oh, I can company. buy some useless crap. You can be the procurer of our inventory. Nice. And uh, we'll we'll split the profits. I've realized, and we're about to get like, to movies. We swear, but I eighty twenty maybe. I this Christmas usually I'll invest in a few comics, and I've realized we fucked up big time with our com- selling going, our, selling our comics. Oh, we should just held on did. to them. No, if we had held on to all the comics we bought, yeah, yeah, it, we, it would be worth over a hundred grand right now. Probably, I'm no for sure, and it's scary because some of these things I'm I'm following key comics and first appearances on eBay, and the the books that I know what we paid for them, and I know what we sold them for, and now they're going for hundreds, if not thousands, of yeah. dollars more. And I was like, I can't believe how much comics have increased over time. The value they say comics and Legos are worth better than uh, gold stocks anything and uh i can only get certain first appearances now some of them are ungettable because i'm not going to drop the four or five hundred dollars on it when i know we bought them for 50 before and now and, people are speculating on what next guy is coming yeah so that was our only mistake well i've been rebuying ones that we've had are people gonna get ones. sick of these superhero movies eventually though? they're really good and they're getting better yeah. i'm telling you that spider-man so movie that my... spider-man movie was so good you couldn't pay me to watch that movie that was so good dude it was so I good. Know, I know. Uh, there's I, certain ones you would like and certain ones you wouldn't. You can pick and choose. There are a lot of other... There are certain ones that are grounded. Yeah, there's certain ones that mom would I like. I certainly liked... Like Iron Man was good for everyone. Mom loved Iron okay. Man. Um, the X-Men stuff I seem to like a lot more. X-Men's good. They, the like, way Marvel so has like gotten better... classic at the, superhero stuff. Yeah, well... DC is even harder, but like the like the Joker was good, and the new Batman will be perfectly palatable for everyone. Yeah, Batman's always interesting enough. So I had along with Spider Man No Way Home, I had during the winter of Paul, which is what I call my okay. ten days, where I watched a whole bunch of movies. I watched twenty two. Sounds too ominous. I watched twenty two movies, <laughs> and just had them in the background while I was doing stuff around the house. Good and, to eat while uh, you were doing that. Yeah, I got uh, Chinese food. You know that uh, the Chinese buffet we go to uh-huh. closed, closed yeah. January first gone it's a shame COVID? i haven't broken that to mom yet it's one of her favorite places i don't know it's one of my I mean, favorite all Chinese that stuff places. tastes the same yeah that's why i now you switch to hot walk and you know it's like just, i go it's to this place called mint or not mint it's uh in my Publix yeah in jonesville and it's really good yeah so i bought that at uh christmas because that's a good tradition and i ate a lot of that stuff and uh I had made sauce, but I had watched. I went on a run watching some really obscure movies. I'll, I'll list them off here. Uh, Ruckus, which was that great. Uh, it was like First Blood before First Blood, but it starred Face from A Team. <laughs> and then I had watched Race with the Devil, which was a great uh, Peter Fonda kind of horror movie. The Night Before, which was with Keanu Reeves. And then I watched The Matrix Resurrection. Uh, Dungeon Master, Knight Riders, Time Walker. I watched the new Bond movie on Christmas, which I loved. I thought it was great. It was good. Oh, yeah. I watched the 1994 Fantastic Four, which is the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. And the story was probably better than any Fantastic Four movie before, but, man, they didn't. They had the budget like it was 1982 instead of 1994, and it was kind of hard to watch. <laughs> but it was it was funny. That Don't Look Up was awesome. Yeah. That was the Netflix movie with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Jennifer Lawrence was so good at it. It's like so apocalypse. Good. Yeah, but it was done... What's the same guy who did Vice? So it was that really great, um, uh, like satirical look at everything, like he did with Vice. Vice was very satirical. I mean, any movie where you can run the credits in the middle of the movie, 
just as a joke. Yeah. You know, you you got a very satirical uh, look at things. And uh, Adam McKay, that's his name. Uh, phenomenal. But And I watched a whole bunch of other movies. But let's get to Krull. I love Krull. Did we Krull. even say Krull? But was the first it's time in the title. The people okay. already know this is Krull. I've heard clips from it already. They're deep in. <laughs> oh, they're already immersed. <laughs> We're just coming in. Krull is one of my favorite fantasy movies from the 80s. I absolutely loved it. We were inundated it by it thanks to HBO. I mean, it was on heavy rotation. That's uh, why when you said it did poorly at the box office, it had to have recouped a bunch. I don't know. I mean, how how do they make money when it's playing on HBO? I HBO mean, back then they HBO just bought the rights to it. Yeah, and so I'm in the same with VHS. I think it it found an audience through VHS and cable, but I'm not sure it's once it's out of the theater you're making much money uh after it's kind of I guess I guess you would make the the company would make money depending on how many copies of the VHS they would order because I worked at a v, uh, VHS store and we would order thirty of one movie but other movies we'd buy two if that if not and one. V, back then you had to pay full price for those yeah like sixty oh, bucks t- a piece yeah until a to certain be able point. to rent it to other yeah. people until Batman eighty nine Batman is when they really started getting popular with selling them for twenty bucks. And then when they did that, it allowed the video stores didn't mind buying hundreds of copies of things because they know they would sell them used. Yeah. They had great promotional What was the most you ever paid for a VHS tape? Uh, Dad paid $75 for the worst Star Trek movie ever, but <laughs> I appreciate it. Which one was it? Uh, Star four? Trek five, five, The Final Frontier. He paid. He knew a guy that worked at a video store, but he could only get it wholesale just like what he paid for it. And, I mean, if you're if you're a, if you run a VHS store... S- 80 bucks is fine. You make your money off that within two weeks, three weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure. you don't care about uh, buying that. But if you're just buying it to purchase for yourself, that's a pretty uh, big price ticket. He so. was a big Star Trek fan. Yeah. Well, he knew I was, too. He had bought it for me for Christmas. So, uh, But Krull was really early in, in our lives. I probably came out in 83. We probably were watching it in 84. I was nine. I was probably most of the year I was eight. So I was probably eight years old when I was watching it. This was... Two years before PG thirteen, no doubt this would have been PG thirteen. Yeah, there was some scary elements mm-hmm. in this oh, movie, yeah. man. When Very did, scary. Uh, when did th- when did the thriller video eighty three? I'm pretty sure because we got cable that week. Yeah, that's how I know when we got. Yeah, cable. yeah, yeah. I always. That's try. right. You had said that before. Uh, yeah, it's got to be eighty three. Look it up. But uh, when the thriller video came out, because that's, you look we up. use it so much. Well, I'm about to get into our cast list here. Uh, you do that. The cast list was interesting on on Krull. You know, it was our introduction to a lot of these people that we had not seen before, and a lot of them had careers afterwards. And there were two notably really big stars in this movie that went on to have a massive career, and and they were not the leads for sure. No. So our main guy Ken Marshall playing Colin, uh, he was great, great in the role, loved him, very personable very uh kind of likable anytime he was on screen i had zero problems with him he made a great uh lead and i thought he was going to go on and have a big career and really the only other thing i saw him in was feds it was a uh i loved feds he was the main kind of alpha on the other group that were trying to become federal agents the rebecca de mornay comedy i love december 2nd 1983 okay 83 man 83 was a good year it had a lot of good stuff pop up in 83 and then ken marshall just went on to do random tv which um, pays the bills no big deal we were we were we were really popular when we got cable. Oh, yeah. We had people come over. Same with Nintendo. Once yeah. you get cable, Nintendo, we're glad. We were on the I, very forefront. I remember telling somebody at school we had four televisions. Yeah. 
like in the early 80s. And they were like, what? And they were like, what? <laughs> I said, yeah, I have, Paul has a television under the stairs. And it's little That's fork. true. I mean, we did have black it was like and a nine-inch little screen, but that yeah. was a big deal back It was then. there. <laughs> uh, Lissette Anthony plays Lissa. All she had done was random music videos and TV. This was really one of her only uh, movies. Uh, Freddie Jones was kind of the Obi-Wan Kenobi type character in this. Uh, how would you say Y-N-Y-R? That's, a, that's his character name. Weiner? Yiner? Yeah, Yiner. Yiner? I don't know. So he did a shitload of Hammer films. Tons of the Hammer horror films. And then he did some big flicks. Like he did, he was an Elephant Man, Firefox. He was the one yeah. that kind of was briefing Clint Eastwood on the, on the big kind of to-do on Firefox, which is another obscure movie. Even being a Clint Eastwood movie that we'll definitely talk about Firefox on here. You and me will definitely have to do that pod. Uh, I love Firefox for some, and I think I also have I have HBO really to thank for like my entire kind childhood. of love <laughs> and childhood because they're. And it's not just them. We had Showtime, we had Cinemax, we had the every movie once in a while we would get the free movie channel, and that's when mom and dad had. To be they had it for careful. the first couple of years. Well, for the first couple of years, the they movie got them channel all. was the only one that would play R-rated movies. Yeah, before they realized that eight o'clock early on, so. They could block it. It was fine. I stayed up after and watched Cinemax after We've eight. talked about our childhood home growing up before, but as long as you got past their bedroom door, yeah, you were home free. Because <laughs> you could shut that kitchen uh, door. That TV was I just slept 60 out there. Yards they knew away. I was sleeping out in the living room. I, I know, but it was still room. 60 yards away. When you had friends over, you were allowed to sleep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where you go. So yeah, he had done Firefox. He was in Firestarter, and he was also in Dune. There was a couple Dune people in this movie, too. Who else is in this dune? Yeah, uh, Al, uh, Alan Armstrong was really great. He was the head thief in the movie, mm-hmm. and the first thing I had ever uh, no, this was probably the first thing I ever seen him in. But shortly after this, I saw Get Carter, the great. Do you have a thick Irish accent? Um. Uh, British accent. I, British. Yeah, he played a British cop in some movie I'm trying to remember. Well, I'll list the movies okay. he's in here. It probably is one of them. I bet you would... Yeah, I think you, it would... It's got to be one of these movies. There's a lot of uh, movies you've seen on this. But Get Carter was a big one. And that, that actually was his first movie. So the list of movies he did were uh, just well-known ones were Get Carter, White Hunter, Black Heart, Patriot Games, Braveheart, The Saint, Sleepy Hollow, Van Helsing, and Millions. And I think Millions was the one that we most recently saw, and he was a cop in that. That was that great one with the kids found all the money in the, yeah. in the bag at the uh, off the train. Or, it was great. or my dream once a week. <laughs> yeah, that could have been from there. <laughs> oh, my dream. Uh, David Batley, who played Ergo, who was like the comic relief in this movie, he was so good in this movie, man. He had that great. See the one that tried to I'm turn wide himself of, into uh, something. Wide and... of vision, short in stature, narrow of focus. He had this whole thing that he used to say, and I thought he's the one great. that turned himself into the pig. He turned himself into a dog, a into pig. a duck, into it was it a pig at one a point? A little pig, yeah. And then a tiger. The tiger was the big one at the end. But well, the, he really needed to pull that one out of them. Well, the puppy because he, he the kid really wished for a puppy, yeah. and then he went behind the rock and turned himself into the puppy. And the kid carried him for like a good portion of the movie until he turned himself back into a. Can't be like he turned himself into a mouse. That's a lot less. Yeah, I can carry a mouse. He had also done uh, Willy Wonka. He was in Willy oh, yeah. Wonka, and then he had done random TV movies uh, in TV. Uh, Bernard Brislaw. He looks like he's from uh, from that comedy troupe, British comedy Yeah, yeah, troupe. he looks very British. What's the name of that troupe? Which one? The one that did uh, the King Arthur. 
Oh, oh, like Monty Search Python? For the whole yeah, he does he look like, like he could be from a Monty Python. That just means he looks British. <laughs> this next guy, man, if you pull at his IMDb page, he has some hell of a IMDb picture. And he, just because he's massive, I think he's like six, seven in real life, and that's Bernard Breslau who played Cyclops, which I loved his character in this movie, yeah, man. Yeah, he was the best He was character. very likable, and the makeup was super good. And of all the people, you would think he would probably be the uh, one that they're dubbing. But we'll learn later on in the trivia that two of the main actors in this movie were dubbed. They just Crazy. didn't like their voice? I guess so. It's weird. That's weird. It's such a weird thing that, yeah, we watch you in the movie, and we're going to take your voice from you. voice that they wouldn't let you use your voice. God, that would piss Tell me, me off. Tell me, because I could make any voice you want. Mm-hmm. I could talk yeah, like this I, the I whole can do time. It. <laughs> I'm going to do the podcast like this from now on. <laughs> um, Liam Neeson was obviously a huge name in this movie, and he just played one of the random thieves. Same with Robbie Coltrane. He had like a butchered mullet too. Like, Yeah, it was bad. He was young, uh, but obviously he went on to do a crazy career. Same with Robbie Coltrane. Uh, F- Francesca Annis, who was uh, the widow of the web, she had to wear some thick ass makeup. Robbie Coltrane on the on the gambling track movie. Gambling track movie. With oh Dreyfus. yeah, let it ride. He was the one who he wore was the, the counter. Guy at the counter. Yeah, that was. We're favorite. gonna be talking about you for years. That was my favorite. He's, oh man, movie. I love Let It Ride. Let It Ride is such a great movie. It's a hard DVD to find, but it's uh, I own it digitally. But that could also be on the Obsessed with the Obscure. It's such yeah, a funny ass it. movie. Uh, French with the Francesca. I'm allowed to do a lot of. I, I don't watch comedies now, but we could. There's a ton of comedies we could do from the 80s oh yeah yeah that on this oh, list. it's like endless 80s was known for its obscure action horror and comedy it really we wouldn't even had to we could have just stayed within the decade but i i i set it up so we could branch into the 90s so far we have only done the 80s and there's some 70s and 60s Whoop. yeah 80s. oh for sure but uh so she had done the widow of the web had done cleopatra and she was the other girl who had done dune uh, John Welsh, who was the seer, this was his last movie. And if you saw the movie, you could tell why it was his last movie. He was the he was old guy old. in the swamp that kind of uh, they didn't led have to them. Use makeup. <laughs> My God, he was old, man. I mean, they made him look real old. They made him look like he was 130. Uh, I don't know what he looked like outside that makeup, but he had just done random TV and movies I had never heard it of. It must be weird to be like a 75 year old person playing like a 90 year old person and they put makeup on you. Yeah. And you're like, this is what I'm look like. Oh, that's Max von, Max, Max von Sydow, man. Look at him in The Exorcist and look at him now. That's him now. Yeah. It's like, if you want to do an Exorcist reboot, I am Let's ready to go, man. Makeup free. <laughs> I'm off the couch, ready to go. Uh, the crew in the the crew on this movie was, they gave, I'll jump forward and tell you what the budget of the movie was. The budget of this movie was $47 million. And in 1983, they're not giving $47 million to anybody unless they have a good crew behind them. So they got director Peter Yates, who's awesome. He had done Bullet with Steve McQueen, The Hot Rock, which was a great one with uh, Robert Redford. But he wasn't quite this genre. No, that definitely not. But I don't think he he didn't make it bad. No, I love this movie. This movie, this movie wasn't popular for other reasons. It wasn't because it wasn't a good storyline. It yeah. wasn't because the actors weren't good in it. It wasn't because... I mean, the effects were on par with the day. Yeah. Now they were, yeah, they were. On I mean, this was the, the same. You got to eighty-three to put this in comparison. It's the same year as Return of the Jedi. So, so I mean, Return of the Jedi just did a little bit more things, a little bit differently, but it had a lot of the the good qualities in it. So Peter Yates also did the Deep, which is one of my favorites. That underwater when they find the morphine underwater. Oh, more, was that yeah, it was, it was morphine. morphine with uh, Nick Nolte was in it, and um, Jacqueline Bisset. It was great stuff. Uh, Breaking Away. 
Oh yeah, he uh, one of my favorite and refund. You can, you <laughs> you think you could put that on the obscure list, but it was up for an Oscar. Was it? You know, it was up for a bunch of Oscars. Was it? Yeah. Oh, uh, Peter Yates also did Suspect, and then he did An Innocent Man, which I love. Which oh, Tom Selleck. Yeah. It's a great one. The writer Stan Ford Sherman. He did eighteen episodes of the '66 Batman series, which I thought was interesting. He also wrote uh, Any Which Way You Can and Ice Pirates. Another classic 80s Space kind of obscure jam. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Now, the cinematographer on this movie, holy crap, dude. This guy had a fucking career. Because, so he started, this is the guy who sh- who obviously was a director of photography. So he was a director of photography on the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Empire Strikes Back, Dead Ringers, a lot of Cronenberg. So at some point, he was the Cronenberg guy. So Dead Ringers, Naked Lunch, The Vanishing, Crash, Mars Attacks, Man in the Iron Mask, Existence, Red Planet, Spider, History of Violence, Eastern Promises, A Dangerous Method, and Cosmopolis. So at like one point, he just did every uh, Cronenberg movie. So crazy. But he also I mean, did Empire Strikes Back. He was director of photography in Empire Strikes Back. That's crazy. You could put that on your resume. Yeah. You'll get work. <laughs> <laughs> the editor, too. The editor was Ray Lovejoy, who was a big... Um, Kubrick guy. So he did the editing for 2001. Sounds like The Shining. They... He also did the editing for Aliens. Suspects. So that's his connection with Peter Yates, I guess. The only criticism I have of this movie, and neither of the actors, the actors that were in it now did a great job, but if they had had a more popular lead dude yep. and a lead girl, they just... It's true. They, 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 they were nobodies. They great actors and they surrounded them with a great crew and a huge budget. They just gave it to people that nobody knew so they didn't have any box office yeah. draw. Well, I'll tell you, one of the, the strongest points of the entire crew, and I'm a little bit biased here because he's my favorite composer of all time, is they had James Horner. I have the LP for Krull, and I play it actually more often than I probably should. And I love James Horner. If I know James Horner is doing the score, I'm already going to like the movie. I, I guarantee it. My three of my top probably ten scores of all time were all James Horner, and that's Star Trek II aliens and crawl they're so good I mean, they got all the top he, people he also did 48 hours he did willow glory braveheart i mean i can tell a james horner score when i hear like f- the first like 60 seconds of a james horner score and sometimes within the first five seconds i can tell that it's james horner he does similar stuff so if you listen to like star trek 2 and then you go listen to aliens and then you listen to crawl they're all very similar he loves certain instruments and i use my wife for that because she used to be in band and i'm i'm bad at it i'm like what is that noise and she'll say oh it's the the piccolo it's the oboe it's this i can't kind of determine that shit so some of the stats before we get into the cool trivia here is uh PG, like I said, would not have been PG if it was it was 85, but it was 83. Locations, man. They went a lot of locations. So Spain, Italy, England, and then Pinewood Studios. This was before it burned down from legend. Uh, not, like actual, not like folklore. It did burn down, but on the movie Legend. But uh, they used the entire swamp scene was the big 007. They had a 007 studio is what they called it. The, uh, the, actu- the biggest studio in Pinewoods was called the 007 studio. And that's where they built the entire woods for legend, where they uh, obviously used for all the big James Bond things. But they built the swamp for a crawl in there. All right, so here's the budgets that didn't get him a crawl. Number two. <laughs> the budget, like I said, $47 million. The worldwide gross, $16 million. So it lost $31 million. In 83, that's someone lost that's a, like losing $200 million someone today. Someone lost a job. Yeah. 
that's you well, lucky. The producers probably. Yeah, yeah. It sucks because I don't. It just wasn't theatrically, like you said. Who knows if it was kind of. I think that has to be out. It. Who was the? Who were these leads? You gotta. You gotta have something to get you in the door. Yeah. I mean, you can, obviously they weren't going to get Harrison Ford. It was the same year as. Uh, it was the same year as Star Wars, but they could have easily gotten a uh, Tom Selleck or someone that was like big at that time. I'm not sure who would have been best team. for it. What's that? Face Face from A Team, yeah. <laughs> so popular that you don't call him Dirk Benedict. You call yeah. him Face from A Team. <laughs> All right, let, I'll break down this trivia before we kind of go into the meat of the uh, the movie, and then we're going to uh, talk about a couple of the scenes here, which can be exciting. So Bernard Breslau, who is the Cyclops, is six seven, and he wore lifts to get him even several inches taller. Apparently, so he was kind of pushing close to seven feet, which makes sense. Uh, at the time, it was the most ex- uh, expensively produced film. So $47 million was, a, I, I guess, a gamble <laughs> for the studios. And it probably set back uh, people getting greenlit that much money for a while there. Or at least not going to that many locations. That's probably oh, cost Yeah, they probably could have done it. Look, move, yeah. Bring all their crew to all these different places. And if you watch the movies, these are big sets. Yeah. It's like, sorry, enemy mine. You're going to have one location because yeah. Krull fucked yeah. it up. Krull screwed up for everybody. <laughs> Cancel that. Oh, other it's side. all right. You put Dennis Quaid and uh, Lou Gossett Jr. on one planet together. You're fine. Uh, 16 Clydale- Clydesdales were trained for months to play the fire mares. I love that scene, man. Mm-hmm. The scene with the fire mares. We'll talk a little bit about that. So they utilized 10 sound studios at Pinewood, including the 007 stage, which was used for the swamp. Uh, we had mentioned Lisette Anthony and Robbie Coltrane's uh, voices were dubbed into the final cut. So the main actress, Robbie Coltrane's fine I, because he was barely in it. He had like three lines probably in the whole movie. Uh, Lisette Anthony, though, I mean, she had some big scenes <laughs> with him. They actually dubbed it quite well because I had done. I had no they clue. They dubbed it quite well, but yeah, some people you can really such tell. It's a slap in the face. It is a actress. slap in the face. I mean, if she, so she's doing like probably Comic Cons. They're probably doing Comic Cons with the Crawl guys. So she's got to go as just the actress and not the voice. I mean, it's kind of weird. Uh, the character of the Beast uh, or the suit, it was the first self contained animatronic suit providing not only facial movement, but also lung, heart, and body fluid movement, all without a single external cable. That seems pretty crazy. That's worth $47 million. Yeah, I mean, well, I bet that's a chunk for sure. I just read that's that and it million. sounds expensive. <laughs> that's, that sounds like a $5 million thing. And it kept he kept that thing in the shadows the whole time. It wasn't a great-looking character, the Beast. Yeah. It was weird. You you kind of got... Maybe it helped it that you only got glimpses of it. You could see it had like well, that, what it tells razor me sharp is they're, teeth. Is they're not real confident in it. Yeah. Yeah, if they're keeping shit in the shadows, <laughs> yeah, that's why Darth Vader can just walk down the hallways. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. He just needs that music. He didn't uh, have to do anything. I had a total of 23 movie sets on this. That seems pretty fucking big. I mean, that's man. why it cost so much money. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you watch it, you can see where the money went. The so, sets were big, huge this, sets. Yeah, really big. I mean, you think of every scene as a huge Even, set. Like for nonsense, like when they're trying to seal the door from the Seekers yeah. coming in. It's just giant 40-foot door they like, built. It's cool, man. That even that that whole dark fortress was really cool, and uh, so in the, this trivia pisses me off right here because this is one of those things that something that was originally in the screenplay that cut that would have been awesome because mi- a octopus. lot of people's major. You're gonna put an octopus? In it? <laughs> no, no octopus. <laughs> uh, that's Goonies. Uh, <laughs> this 
I think most people's main problem when you talk about this thing, when they when they deep dive into Krull, is they did, didn't use the glaive enough. The glaive was that Chinese oh, yeah. star thing that he had to hike to the top of the mountain. It was to literally get. part of the poster for the movie. It was movie. awesome. It was a really great thing. And then he only used it in like three minutes of the movie. And it was unbelievable that they didn't use it enough. So that'd be like that'd be like you see in the lightsaber yeah. at the very end scene yeah. when Luke was fighting. Yeah, sorry, the first time we see it is when Ben opens it up to fight Vader and then he dies from it. Yeah. Like, oh shit. Like, what the heck is that thing? So in the original screenball, Colin saves the the Yiner character who is the old man. The old man at some point has to go visit his ex girlfriend who happens to be the widow of the web and he has to he has to like uh she allows him to take something uh, she with him. freezes the the spider so he can get over there and then to get back she has to pour like these uh what is that thing that you flip hourglass the hourglass yeah she pours she breaks it and pours the sand in his hand and she's like as long as you have the sand in your hand uh you can but get she dies you can get past it, it but she something. dies because of it well apparently uh he just escapes he just gets back in time before all the sand runs out but in the original script, Colin has to come in and saves him by killing the spider with the glaive. And I was like, holy crap, you would have gotten to see the glaive 20 minutes earlier and everything. So they were like, they probably thought, hey, it's going to be a bigger moment when you show it at the end and everything. And they, I think they liked the idea that he gets back to the encampment and like screams the location of the dark forest like right before that last sand drops out of his hand. And it was kind of a cool moment. But All right, and the other big thing here is... Lisette Anthony, who was the main woman in this who got her voice dubbed, she revealed in a 2018 interview that she was raped by Harvey Weinstein right after she was cast in the film. Harvey and was this a, before he was even a he was a movie producer. producer. This he was a rock journalist at the time. How crazy and weird that is that that she was one of the main women that came out against Harvey. Revealed it in a 2018 interview, like right after she got into this movie. So that's a that's a downer of a trivia to end off on, but that's, that's where believe, we find ourselves. <laughs> I don't believe in I don't believe in heaven or hell. Oh, he'll he'll be visiting. I don't believe sure. in either of them, but, but I I almost want to believe in them. Yeah, just so he has a place to go. Yeah. That's some ghoulish shit. It man. is some really fucked up. I shit. mean, every dude has tried to talk a girl into dating them. Yeah, and like it's like oh, but this guy. I mean, in using what, every single. I mean, and we. It was understandable of while he was doing it when he was a producer, he had the whole industry by the short and curlies, and he could he could make or break a career as a rock journalist. He must have been, used that same tactic. He must have been like, "I will do a good write up about you or or your your career in this magazine for like for whatever he wants." It's crazy. It's it's wild, but yeah, he'll see his. Let's go back to the main plot of Krell. I've I've I bummed myself out with that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we saw it early came out, and it starts off really great. There, it's hard not to see parallels between Krull and Star Wars for sure. I mean, that's probably the most one that it's like, but it has enough uniqueness in it. It was very Dungeons it, and Dragonsy. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and this is at a time where I was in love with Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, and if you were a Dungeons and Dragons fan, there weren't many great movies because Dungeon Master was really not great. Dragon Slayer was all right, but it wasn't all that it could have been. Beastmaster was good. Beastmaster was good. Now, Beastmaster was one of, and it will definitely be on our obscure list uh, and we'll be talking about Beastmaster because it's it's just too brilliant of an 80s movie done by an 80s kind of uh staple for like low budget films done uh 
uh, what's his name? Don Casigliari, I think is his last name. Sure. I can never pronounce it. Uh, so that was kind of where people kind <laughs> if of you were on went NPR, to. I'd have skipped you right now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling in. <laughs> Good attach here. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so it starts outward like it. It's like this huge kind of uh, sword and a sorcerer or King Arthur type era, obviously. And you've got these two families that are going to unite just by their the one king's daughter is going to marry the other king's son. And they come together and right after they get wedding, like during the ceremony, and they have that weird ceremony where he's got to take fire. fire he's got to take fire from to... the water and give it to her and then she can hold it in her hand. It's some weird mystical had, shit well, that I didn't quite get. I think it was, he says that Whoever, whoever can make the fire reappear is was the true woman love he was or supposed something. To marry. Like that. Yeah, yeah. some like people turn in ogres and yeah. some people get fire in their hands. Yeah. This was that movie. <laughs> so right while the wedding's happening, they get like busted in by kind of what you would think would stormtroopers, almost like a stormtroop tile fleet. But they were like, they were called slayers. Way cooler because they were like oh, bugs, man. bugs or like they were like these weird slug creatures that were in their skull. Yeah. So when you killed one, you'd had to shoot them in the head and then they would fall to the ground and the slug would leave the helmet with a screech. It was like, Row! Paul, see if you can stick the screech in here. <laughs> Boom. Screech. That was pretty. I just crazy. made my life hard, but it is a great screech, and it's every time in the movie it's not you, that hear hard. It, you just hear it. Yeah, I'll find one. <laughs> Record. Come on, man. Don't, don't show how the sausage is made. <laughs> That's like if you just point at something and say sausage. <laughs> uh, it's a, it. They were great. It, it really was a better stormtrooper because every time one was killed, you got to see the slug or you could hear it in the background and you know the slug is leaving the helmet. I loved it. I thought these it was awesome. These weren't clumsy like regular stormtroopers. No. Well, these guys were slow though. These guys were, were the slayers were pretty slow. It was more slow. like marching army. I can't army. move in these damn suits. Yeah. So they kidnap the queen and they bring her to the main badass of the universe which is kind of like killing the universe slowly slowly is what's called the beast that creature with the animatronic uh suit she kidnaps the uh and keeps them in like a like salvier da, da, or uh salvador dali uh painting uh, every room that's in the dark fortress is this weird trippy kind of acid flashback you know that some of the rooms look like an eye and she's got yeah. a, she looks like she's going through the pupil of the eye and she's getting lost and the dark fortress itself was a very see, interesting thing if this was a tv show you could flash the you could have started the budget at zero, and oh, every yeah, time yeah. we talked about something, you yeah, yeah. Added, boom, boom, added $5 million. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, we, we're, me and Justin are talking about doing a YouTube video of us sitting on like, We'll have to doll it up a little bit more, but kind of recording us doing this might be an interesting kind of element to it to start a YouTube channel with it. But the Dark Fortress itself was a very interesting concept. I love the idea that at every dawn and sunset, it would disappear and reappear in a different place. So at, at dawn, it would leave the forests and it would appear in the mountains uh, the next day. And it would stay there for 24 hours. And then once dawn hit, it would it, go to it another go place. A random place, right? A random place. No one knew where it was or where it was going to be. And he that's found how no out one, where it was going to that be. That was the key, is to find out where the Dark Fortress was going to pop up. So at first, they they were going to seek the seer and the seer was a guy that was living kind of around the swamp area and he was being taken care of by this little kid, this ward. And they were going to go there and he was going to look 
into his crystals. If I'm a seer, I'm living in a condo near the beach. Yeah. I just tell you that much. If I can see the future. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was not, a lot nicer the place than where he was staying, for sure. Well, before that, I jumped ahead over a major part is where he comes across uh, the Bernard character, the one we can't say his name, <laughs> the Y-N-Y-R name. And he's just like an old guy that shows up after the big incident at the palace during the, after the wedding sequence. Everyone was either killed or was like, I think everyone was killed except for Colin, the main guy. He was kind of out of it. He woke up as that other elderly character was like bandaging his wounds. And then he was, he wakes up screaming his, his, his wife's name, Lisa. And uh, she's like, nope, she's been taken by the beast. And uh, it's going to take a lot of work to get her back. And he's like, but good thing you got me. So he becomes his like sidekick. He says, first of all, there's no way you can beat the beast without getting the glaive. So that was the next thing. They uh, in the, some great James Horner music where he's like scaling the mountain. So he brings him to this where mountain. Where was it? It was like, was that where? Where did he it? It was in the top of it? a mountain inside a cave inside yeah. like a so river like of lava. And Dragons, man. Yeah, man, Quest. it was awesome. It's like, the, and the old guys like I could like take I can you hear, this far. I can hear Link's music. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right. I mean, <laughs> it really was. This was probably the best of. Uh, kind of fantasy movie that you could get in the 80s if you wanted a fantasy movie was Crawler. It gave you everything you want. So he, the old guy brings him to the edge of the mountain. He says, only you could go up there. And so if when you find it, you'll know it. And when you got it, you'll you'll know it. And he's very kind of abstract about what it is and where he's going to find. But he says, you'll, you'll find it. It's something in that cave right there. And he points to it. <laughs> so, I'll wait down here. Yeah, yeah, I'll wait down here. I'm just going to chill with the horses. So he, in great, like I said, great music as he's going up the mountain. He goes in there and he has the, the balls to be able to stick his hand in the, what looks like a lava that's going to kind of burn his hand off. Doesn't burn him, maybe because he's a chosen one. I don't know. So he grabs it. I always it, test stuff in that first. And it looks like nothing. Remember when he grabs it because it's yeah. covered with rock. Yeah. And then as he's holding it, it kind of falls off. And you could tell that it's like this really... I've seen replicas on eBay. Have it. you? Yeah. And they're like, they're affordable, like 80 bucks. I'd, I almost bought one and I was like, what am I going to do with it? You know, I guess I can You're going to go on a weird killing spree. Yeah, I mean, do it with a crawl. It, I mean, if you're going to like cosplay, it's perfect. That's what yeah. you want because you just hang it on your, on your hip. So he puts it in his hand. You see the, it's like almost like stiletto blades where they just pop out of the top of it. Not, not like uh, switch blades. So more stiletto like. And, uh, he was going to use it when he gets down. He climbs down. We don't get to see him climb, climb down. I assume it's easier. And he's about to throw it. It's like a boomerang, basically. And the, the old guy says, don't. Don't do it yet. You'll know when you have to use it. Like, God damn it. What the hell? He could have killed so much shit across this movie, including that damn spider. Plus, you, it seems like you'd have to practice catching that yeah. motherfucker. So that was the first task that he had to do. And as they're, they're on the way to see the seer is when they run into Ergo. And Ergo's awesome. But he comes in like a... He's like Ergo the, the Magnificent is his name. But he's like a low-level magician who still has to like look at the spells on a piece of paper <laughs> in his pocket type of deal. And he gets them wrong all the time. He, he, he comes in like a meteor and he lands in like the water. And they don't know what it is. And he comes out and it's like a person. And he, I guess he had wished himself. And he had said that. I think I overshot my destination. It's like that uh, Bugs Bunny. I, was, <laughs> I, I took the wrong turn at Albuquerque type of thing. <laughs> and uh, he, he feels insulted by Colin and the old guy. So he's like, uh, I'm going to turn you into a gooseberry pie. And he accidentally turns himself into a goose by accident. Yep. And uh, they feel 
sorry for him and they kind of find him kind of funny so they're like hey you should travel with us we're gonna we're seeking out the black fortress and we're gonna save my wife and everything and he goes along what did he promise these guys just glory yeah riches and everything he a lot of these guys he's not telling at a certain point that he is the king's son also they find out when they meet the thieves So before, no, next they find the thieves before they find the seer. So they're just traveling through the woods, and that's where they come across Liam Neeson, the guy from Get Carter, Robbie Coltrane, and they all got, like, manacles on their arms. And they're about to kill Colin, and Colin's like, you don't want to do that. And they they have, like, a chit-chat, and he's like, I'm looking for some good men to travel with me to find the Black Fortress. And that one guy, the main guy's, I wouldn't tra- follow my own mother to the Black Fortress. <laughs> and uh, one guy says, I'll go with you. And then Colin takes a key around his neck and unlocks the manacles. And the, the guy's like, only the, uh, the lead... Uh, the, the lead marshal and uh, the king have keys t- to these monocles. And he says, you don't look like the king's marshal. And then they were like, holy shit, that's, that's Colin. That's the king's son. The king's dead. And they had heard about the king dying. So they were like, holy shit, this is, this is the new king right here. So they're like, all right, we'll follow you. And he's about to take their manacles off. And he's like, no, wait until the end. Wait until we accomplish, which is bullshit. I mean, but yeah, whatever you want. Mo- take these, take things, these things off. Like I have a diff- wildly different opinion yeah. than that guy. <laughs> Take like these the off my wrist. I don't like the guy in the hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That movie could be on. Uh, totally, totally. <laughs> uh, back to the beach. <laughs> so now they have they have a crew, man. They have a group of probably you twelve thieves. thieves. You got magicians. Magician. All you the, need is an the elf. old guy. All you need is like an elf. All they really need is a cyclops oh, and yeah. an old guy who can see into crystal balls. That's right. And that's so. Before they come up across the Cyclops, they go to the Seer's place. And he's an old guy, and he's like, what do you seek? And he's like, I just need to know where the da- Dark Fortress is going to be so I can get inside. I seek the Holy Grail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite color. So Blue. he... No, green. <laughs> he, You see the stones, they're levitating in the air, and then just as he's about to see it, he's like, I see it, the Dark Fortress is going to be, and all of a sudden this crazy claw comes out of nowhere and crushes the jewel and this wind happens and it blows everyone's hair back and there you're like holy crap the beast somehow was able to reach out and see that someone was trying to uh see where he was going to be so he crushed it down he says the beast is too powerful here we have to go to this certain area in the woods in the swamp it's like fine but one of the beast's qualities is kind of impersonating people. He does yeah, it yeah, later yeah. on with a woman that he's trying to get Colin to be like unfaithful to Lissa. And he does it early on with, um, with the seer. Not yet, though. So they're, they're traveling to a different part of the uh, swamp. And the slayers appear, and uh, Ergo is saved by a spear by our buddy the cyclops who's awesome great character and he's like i'll travel with you and uh he's just another big imposing muscle guy that's gonna help him out and he can't die uh and he can't die dies. yeah he can't die basically but the he, curse is that he made a deal to get uh to be able to see the future but the beast um reneged on the deal and instead of being able to see the future he can see the future but only one thing his own death and to make it worse, I'm going to take one of your eyes from you. So That's a bad deal. It's a bad deal. The Beast is a motherfucker, and he reneges on this kind of shit. So he, that's I would think he would want to do it just to get revenge on the Beast. I'll help you find your lady. So they go to the swamp, and this is a great scene that we're going to kind of break down. We're gonna, this is one of the scenes we're going to watch, is when 
the seer gets to a certain part of the um, of the swamp and says, "Only me and the the guy who's trying to see the future can go further from this." And uh, so he grabs on the Colin's neck, and he they think this is the real seer. What they don't realize is the seer has been killed about fifty yards back, and but the Cyclops is back there at that point, and he sees the body come out of the quicksand, and he books it. I mean, this guy's like six seven, and this guy can run. And there's several scenes where we get to, we get to see this guy move, and it's this was one of the best. Is he's booking it through the swamp to try to get to the uh, seer in time because he knows that the beast has kind of replicated his body, and it's not the real seer. And it's a great scene, it's creepy as hell. Like I said, this is a PG movie. When they get to a certain part of the swamp, the seer is like. I've got the knowledge you seek. And he, uh, his claws are like this huge, nasty claws. And he grabs Colin's throat. And Colin's able to get away. Right when he's able to get away, you see the Cyclops spear whizzing through the air. And it goes right into the chest of the fake seer. And you hear that noise, uh, similar to the dying noise of the Slayer, but it lasts so much longer. And his body is like decomposing on screen. The face becomes, they like went crazy with the bladders in his face. Oh, yeah. And the bladders, they were puffing him up and they were turning black. And it was like, it was nasty. And then the body just like slid into the earth. It was really cool. <laughs> but obviously, hey, we just fucked up. Now we have no play, way to find the, uh, the Dark Fortress. And that's when the old guy pipes up and says, There's another way. Hey, did I happen to mention, I know a lady. I know a girl. I know a girl. But she was kind of my last resort. It's his ex-wife that is known as the Widow of the Web, and she lives in seclusion on the other side of this huge web that's guarded by this awesome white, uh, massive, like the size of a Volkswagen kind of spider. Great scene. For sure. He's like, I'm going to have to go myself. Maybe I can convince her to tell her uh, she's really big into the uh, romance and the love. And uh, this young girl might be something that she would help uh, save her life. So he goes there. And we had mentioned earlier when we were talking about this scene that uh, she says, all right. Uh, he uses her real name. And she's like, I haven't heard that name in a while. And she said, this is me. She's like, I will... I will put push pause basically on the spider so you can get over to us. Then they have this whole discussion and they do this cool thing where she shows we get to see she's old as shit. You like, get to see what she used to look like. You used to see what she used to look like. Absolutely gorgeous, like pristine skin and everything. And now she's kind of this uh, old woman in like seclusion being like guarded by the spider. And she's like, I can tell you where it's going to be, but it's going to cost me my life, but I will give my life for hers. But the problem is, is I'm, to get shit. you out of here, I'm going to have to break the hourglass, give you the sand, and you're going to have to kind of... And he'll die too, back. right? And he'll die too once that last sand drops. So they're both going to give their lives up to save this girl's life. Yeah. So it's for the king. It's for the future queen, basically, is how they look at it. So that's what she There's does. There's a lot of loyalty back then. I know, I man. I, I don't I, think they'd I, get away with this. I would be wait, like... Wait, I die doing this? Fuck no. you. Save Private Ryan yourself. Yeah. <laughs> So the uh, this guy going to go home and cure cancer. Or something. <laughs> exactly. So he gets back. He's able to tell him it's going to be in the uh, the Ibanian like friggin' peninsula or something. It, it's in the uh, it's in the plains or wherever. It's not going to be in the woods. So uh, and 
they were like, well, we only got like six hours to get there or four hours to get there. There's no way we'll possibly get there. And uh, the Cyclops is like, fire mares. Fire mares could get you there in time. And they don't explain to you exactly what the fire mares do at first, which was kind of they enjoyable. They pull Budweiser. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> During the holiday know, season. <laughs> and it's a great scene. And I, I was going to pick it as one of the scenes to talk about, but the uh, there's not a whole lot of discussion that could be uh, going on with it, but it is a great scene. Where they have to show up in these like canyons and basically corral these Clydesdales because as a viewer, you're like, oh, they can just ride really fast. They can get there in time. And they do. They they end up uh, bringing their saddles and they kind of tame it. And as long as you tame the leader, the rest of them kind of fall in place. So they all get on the Clydesdales. The Cyclops stays back. He's like, I'm not going with you to the dark uh, fortress. And they were the little kid's like, oh, it's his time to die. And they were like, well, if he knows it's his time to die, why not come anyways? He says, well, if he goes against the will of his death, it's going to cause him great pain. So he's going to stay behind. We're like, all right, we're going to take off. James Horner's great music kicks in. They take off in a row. And these guys are running. The, the fire mares are running so fast in the cornfield that the whole cornfield's on fire. But then it gets really cool when they get to the edge of the mountain and you're like, oh, shit, they can fly. These things just take off in the air. And then you can see they're, they're doing like uh, never-ending story, Falcor mm-hmm. kind of like <laughs> wind in their ears and shit like that. And sure enough, they get to the Black Fortress, man. And uh, probably shouldn't even talk about the Black Fortress because we're going to talk about that whole scene yeah, basically yeah. anyways. Well, what scene we're going to kick it on to is leading up to it. Uh, there's Do one people at home get to, get to tune in? Yeah, yeah, they totally. I got time codes for you and everything. So we're going to listen to these two scenes. But one scene leading up to that that's not on the scene we're going to watch is they get to the Black Fortress and then they've got to they've got to basically scale it to the door and kill a whole bunch of slayers to get inside. And it ain't going well. Slayers are killing everybody. And off in the distance, and this is where everyone's I got super excited watching the movie as a kid. You see the fire mare of like one single horse, and you were like, Holy shit, the Cyclops is coming. He's like, I don't give a shit, it's gonna cause me pain. I'm gonna help my guys out. And he does it. He gets there, he jumps off that fire mare, he climbs the castle. Doesn't he hold an escape hatch or something? Yep, for, he holds the door he... open for him, and as they all like squeeze in underneath to get into the and black fortress, it just like crumbles on it him. crumbles and crushes him to death. So it's crazy. So yeah, I'm going to pull up the first clip we're going to talk about is going to be that deception at the swamp. It's like four minutes and 41 seconds. If you want to tune in with us, it's at the 56-minute mark. So just pull us up at 56 minutes on your Krull DVD or uh, Blu-ray or any way you're able to find it, digital for sure. <laughs> if you were able to find it. If you're able to find it. Uh, and you can listen along We'll act this. it out. We can <laughs> act it out. Yeah, we'll act it out for you. But we'll describe what's going on, so you don't necessarily have to uh, watch what's going on. But all right, I'm going to pull it up for us right now. All right. We're at the 56-minute mark, if you're watching along with us. These sad-ass motherfuckers just <laughs> let somebody die in the quicksand in the swamp, and we're going to go into where the This seer. is Pinewood, right? This is what? Pinewood? Yeah, this is Pinewood. This is, it always impresses me of how good they can make that set, that oh, set yeah. look. It's crazy. It's really, really crazy, and you would never know. I mean, it just looks like this fancy place that they went and filmed and had to look if years they don't use real trees and they're using fake trees yeah i mean it's pretty impressive pretty impressive all right so push play at the 56 minute mark you push play oh i'm doing it <laughs> so now we have two seers it's actually kind of confusing when you first look at it if you don't know like, what's going on until you see him on the screen at the I mean, same time sci-fi i saw i saw when luke skywalker saw that's Vader in the swamp. <laughs> That's right. So you prepped yourself for this. <laughs> Isn't this <laughs> a direct ripoff? <laughs> He's well, blind, by the way. 
just in case so, you're yeah, watching the, along. The blind seer. I mean, if you're going to be a seer, you got to be blind. So the evil seer, and the only way who's actually controlled by the beast, the only way he could tell that he is the beast is those black eyes. Oh, so you got the great James Horner music, and he basically chokes the one seer out and takes his place. And then the group have no friggin' clue until the Cyclops is about to save the day. So Colin is going to go forward into the swamp with the group and the seer while the Cyclops stays back. Did they say so why how he far back? So, yeah, so how far behind or how far ahead was he? He he had to have been about a mile behind, I would imagine, or half a mile, because remember, he runs that shit, like, full clip here in a second. So the, the, the beast now, I guess we don't even have to call him the seer, but the beast <laughs> in the seer's body basically grabs but, hold of Colin's shoulder and is being led down, because it, that's all he has to do is kill him. Oh, the thief just... Screwed his plan yep. up. Main thief comes in. He says, I, I'm your Huckleberry. Grab my shoulder. And this is very like... it. He's so good in this, that guy, man. He's they should have used that element another time. Which element? Taking over someone's body. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they do it one more time with the woman who tries to take... Uh, to convince okay. Colin. But it, it would be good to see him do it multiple times. Well, I liked... I if thought that was one of the too. best storylines of the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I just got a McCready figure the other day. Ooh. All right, so they're going through the swamp here. Yeah, don't fall in because they won't save you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't fall into the quicksand. This this movie was great for kids mm. like 9 or 10 because it had it those, hit on it all, had those all elements. Quicksand. Because remember, they warned you about quicksand. Walls going up. through, uh, going through the, the invisible walls and all those cool elements. So here's the... Cyclops watching the ground move and completely confused as he should be. Why the fuck is the ground moving right where the quicksand is? And boom, the seer pops slowly, kind of rises to the top of the the sand. Not the fake one, the dead one. Man, you you look at the Cyclops and you realize how fantastic that makeup is. And the eye must be animatronic. Yeah, they must do it like Chucky with wires and they got ten people off to the side blinking when it needs to blink. I don't think they need 10. Yeah. Probably just one. Probably just one. Um, Chucky had 10 puppeteers. Though, I imagine that. But he was controlling all the movements. This is just one. So, smartly, the Beast says, only the guy who seeks knowledge can go with me any further. <laughs> and so he just brings him out there with the idea that, hey, I'm just going to kill this motherfucker. I'm going to tell you a secret, but I'm going to tell you way over here. Yeah. It, I like the idea that the, the Beast knows they're coming for them or searching for them and that he can just totally eliminate them before it happens. So yeah, now this the guy playing the Cyclops man. He's a big dude. He's a big dude, and he's running like six seven. We said so. He is full clip running through the swamp. Couldn't have been easy to do. We're definitely having the actor do it. It's not a stunt. I mean, that's not really a stunt. He earned his money. Oh, and then you see the Beast has these claws. Ah, wait for this moment. Here, I'm gonna turn it up here. We'll hear him scream like crazy. Oh, he just stabbed ah. him in the gut. Oh, and, there's that dying noise. It even looks like the thing when the thing on the table started flop, oh, yeah. flopping around. All the bladders. Out. It's gross, dude. This would have got you a PG-13 if not an R rating anyways. So like all the other creatures. They must have made him cut earlier than they would because it looked like they had a bunch more shots of the bladders and they oh, didn't, yeah, didn't use them. I assume every movie it has a director's cut out there. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the end of that sequence. It's crazy. So we're going to go to the next one, which is going to be the, the end Finale big, right right hurrah. after the fly uh, fire mares which fire mares fire mares so cool man so 
we'll bring you that in a second. So we are at the the hour and thirty six minute mark for this last clip here. Yeah, and this is right when actually I did include it right when the Cyclops is about to die. So they've used the fire mares, they've gotten to the castle, and now we've just got them going through the door. Oh, because now the sun's going down. And once you're them, inside, you're fine. Yeah, once you get inside, it's fine. But it's it's in the desert right now, so then it's going to appear into like the kind of green pastures and everything. And the door's shut. You see the Slayers. I, I it's like everyone. Move your hands and uh, from the opening because we're gonna close these doors. And yep, they're not all in yet, so that's why the Cyclops has to hold this shit into place. Yeah. Oh man, I couldn't imagine getting crushed by something like that. You know? Be better than what happens in the next scene, though. Yeah, I mean, he basically gets crushed though. But so yeah, the Slayers—they have like these kind of crazy laser guns. They had a bunch of Yeoman Johnsons with them in the group. Oh shit! Yeah, man. No, they had a lot of crew on this that just put Slayer outfits on. The Slayer outfits were really cool, though. I mean, they're very unique. It kills me that they didn't make action figures for this movie, man. I would have been all about this for the ac- uh, for uh, action figures. I'm surprised they don't do custom ones now, too. Custom ones would be really great for this. Oh, and our main kind <laughs> of thief, man. He, he's so great in this, you don't want him uh, to die at all. That was the most awkward flip. Yeah, that was a James Kirk kind of... Yeah. James Kirk always did those weird flips in st- the old Star Trek episodes. I'm going to get away from you, so I'm just going to do a tuck and roll. <laughs> so yeah, talk about not remembering where you parked your car. When these guys get out of the Black Fortress, they're going to be... They could be hundreds of miles, thousands of miles away, and they don't even know it. Yeah. So yeah, every room they're going through now is just a major studio with some really great... Get the budget counter of, up there. Yeah, that budget counter is going ding, crazy ding, right ding, now. Ding, ding, ding. Because a lot <laughs> of not pass. <laughs> have to be practical effects. You know, they don't didn't do digital too too well back in the they day. They had blasters though, <clears throat> blaster sounds. But they almost look like Lord of the Rings type sets, I would just, like when they're crossing the bridge. That's what I just said. Didn't oh, you hear is me? that what you said, Lord of the Rings? No, I said thou shall not pass. Oh, oh see, I missed your <laughs> your clever quip. Uh, Argo's gonna Ergo's gonna do a cool transformation as uh, with his magic here in a second. So yeah, these tunnels, they're just really smooth. Is now this, the room that, that collapses, is that on this seat? Yeah, yeah, that's in here. That's uh, That freaked me out as a kid. Yep, freaked me out too. They All those elements that you're oh. afraid of as a kid, like quicksand. Did uh, did Liam just buy it? Yep, Liam bought it. Yep. I'm, Can't kill I'm not going to continue my adventures, old friend. Hey, I was close. <laughs> well, I'm surprised he made it this far. I mean, this was like the first movie that we ever saw him in. You Can know? you at least take off his... his uh, Just make sure I'm in the poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they're going to re-release this movie, it probably kills them not being able to put Liam Neeson's name on it because they love doing that shit. Oh, so now they're losing... They're down to like six, six maybe, or seven people, including Callan. You still have the magician. The little kid somehow has seemed to make it this far. He's small target. Yeah, I guess. And he's just kind of stayed close to the... The warriors here. So, yeah, one of the best sequences is going to happen right here when they're walking through this kind of crazy hallway is when you realize the floors aren't stable, the walls aren't stable, so the floor just opened up and sucked. We got the little kid falls down, and I think Ergo fell down too, yep. And the other people got pulled back up, so now they're completely separated. Oh, 
and the little kid spot slayers. Like I said, they're pretty slow. I mean, you can. The problem is, is they can fire. I don't think you need to. I think you can slide down. It's like it's like a little slide. Look. I know it, it's it's a couple feet, dude. Yeah, I think you want to be able to pull them back up. I'm Just on have the east them grab side. The, I'm on the west side. Yeah, <laughs> that was poorly executed. You could have totally saved those guys, but no. Nope, now they're on their own. Luckily, you have Ergo the Magnificent, who, boom, turns himself into a Bengal tiger. I'm not sure what would have been a better thing to pull him uh, to kind of turn I'm into. I'm not sure why they didn't fire at the Bengal tiger. He can't turn into inanimate objects, I don't think, so it had to be kind of a, uh, a creature. Why wouldn't they fire at the Bengal tiger? Yeah, that is a good question right there. No, he does. He hits okay. him in the foot, and it does kind of turn out to hurt Ergo's foot when he turns Ooh. back. Oh, the swipe to the head. So we saw I wonder these, if they got a tiger like, to like, like... Look at that. So that's... It's like a really artistic-looking rooms. Every set design is crazy. I bet the... Pull up... Yeah, you know, uh, the producer's like, I shouldn't have greenlit the, that set. I mean, the sets set. The sets is what put this, this movie over budget. There's no fucking doubt. But they are breathtakingly beautiful, though. So they come across uh, where Lissa is being held, her basically her prison, and it's this really cool-designed kind of situation where... He's got to use the glaive. He's finally... And it's weird that the uh, the head thief doesn't stick around for it. I've never seen this used before, but let's go. So they leave Ken Marshall by himself. Oh, pulls up the glade. That's the poster moment right there. Music kicks in. We finally get to see him use it. And so it's like a boomerang. He throws it like a boomerang, but he's able to keep it kind of level. And he's basically cutting through the doorway of... Liss's prison, wouldn't you say? Yes. <laughs> and the beast obviously is watching at some point, I would assume. So Isn't he he's there? He's there, right? Yeah, he's there someplace. He's there right behind it. She seems to know where he's most powerful because when he finally breaks through, she's able to like tell Darth him. It's almost like Darth Vader where he can sense Ooh. that Luke is I smell here. a lawsuit. <laughs> if they haven't sued him by now. Fox is going to be pissed off this shit. I think this was a Fox movie, actually, so they they probably they came full circle. It. I mm-hmm. mean, it was the same writer as Empire Strikes Back. So That's you know, crazy. I mean, it's kind I of... I wonder if Lucas ever ran into him at a party and was like, hey, dude. That's like the writer of Dreamscape being the same guy as uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, oh, it's come like, on, hey, man. Dude. You kind of double dip in here. Oh, this is your scene, man. So they... the. The wall basically becomes liquid. And when, sucks so them it, in. Do they walk through or do they the, uh, get sucked in? It's hard to they tell. They get sucked in. And it's three of the thieves. So the thieves are sucked into the room in one section of the Dark Forest. Ken Marshall is trying to break in with the glaive to the prison where Lissa is being held. And then you've got Ergo and the little kid. He's not very good at cutting straight lines, that's for sure. Yeah, you think you'd... He, oh, man. So the room that the thieves are in, why don't you describe what's happening yeah, here? Yeah, there's like... It's like that... It's like the junk scene in Star in Star Wars where the walls are collapsing. Yeah, except there's spikes. Except there's spikes kind of. So it's a little bit like more like a Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom when they're in that bug room where the spikes are coming out of the wall at them. Yeah, and then it stops, and you got this one goofy motherfucker who dropped his knife in the middle of the room. He's, I'll just go on my waist and belly kind of crawl to get my knife, and of course that's when the spikes start up again. He had time to get he, up. He had ample amount of time to get, time get out. To get he, up. he didn't kind of slow play this. Yeah, look at But he keeps backing up and backing you can still up. still do it, dude. And a spike is coming towards his stomach. And the other guys, too. The other guys are trying to hold back these spikes from going into their chest, in their arms, and whatever else. 
And this guy gets right in the belly oh, band. Getting uh, slow pierced seems slow like pierced. the worst. Yeah, like you can't stop it. You're going to feel every like... moment of this. And one of them gets it in the arm, which sucks too, but it's not the it's belly. better than the heart. Yeah. The I guess stomach. the heart is where they were going. Oh, he got it in the belly and the heart. Oh, yeah. He got it from both angles. Mm-hmm. Not cool. And then it just stops. To yeah. the, I, I'm wondering how long the... I think it's kind of like a Wicked Witch of the West situation. I think once the beast gets killed, all the power inside the Dark Fortress kind of goes away. So the spikes kind of uh, decompress, I guess. So now... Yep. Here's the big hero moment. Here's the big hero moment. He gets to kiss he, the girl for he like half a second. Girl. He, he gets her out of her prison. You She's traveled like, the ends of the world to get me back. Yeah, she reveals to him he's too powerful right around this thing, so you got to fight him away from the center. And he's like, why is your voice different? (laughs) (laughs) Burn! (laughs) Not cool, man. So, yeah, he uses the glaive one more time. I mean, he's got to show the lady. This is my weapon now. It's not just me here. So (laughs) he breaks down, like, huge chunks of the ceiling to kind of... Seal it's almost like prison. he's using the force. Oh to man, do it. I'm telling you, you're not. <laughs> they're gonna call us under the witness stand for this shit. <laughs> now, what was your first reaction, now Mr. We, Dupree, when you were, <laughs> did you did you or did you not say <laughs> <laughs> the new pod, fascinated with film pod, has brought to light the similarities between Star Wars and Crawl? Oh man, and the glaive is awesome, man. That's that's probably the best sequence for it. So he throws it at three of the slayers. It immediately kills him. He catches. I like it, that he turns. never practiced catching it before and catches. Oh, it. he's a he's a pro. <laughs> it's like Ray in the new Star Wars. I can fly the Millennium Vulcan. Oh, really? <laughs> so the prison just explodes, and this is our first kind of shot. Not at only did they spend the... a lot of money on the sets, they blew a lot of them up. Nope. We're seeing the beast, and it's we've seen his eyes. We've seen glimpses of him, but now we're kind of seeing him still, in, still in the shadows. They're still hiding him in the fog. He looks almost like a... Yeah, how would you describe how he looks? I, I had the perfect thing on my mind, but I can't... He's... Ah, damn. He's almost like species. Like the, the H.I. Geiger yeah. kind of species alien. Not as much as like the alien from Aliens, but more like the species one. Uh He's huge. I mean, he must be, what, 30 feet tall, 40 feet tall, and he's got that crazy suit, and he's avoiding the glaive, and he's actually defeated pretty handedly by Colin here. I guess he's got razor-sharp teeth, the red eyes. Colin's kind of fucking with him. He's hovering the glaive right in front of him, looking for his kind of moment to kind of, like, make the movement with his... Because Colin's controlling it. That's how it took? One little... and he... Throws it forwards and it just goes right into. They spent a lot of money on that thing for not showing it as much as they should. Yeah. Well, now he's he's kind of disappointed because he can't get the glaive back. You know, he tries to reaches his hand out and does like the force type of thing, and you could see it tugging. It's stuck into the chest. The force wasn't strong with him. I guess it wasn't. Maybe if you had practiced earlier. Yeah, Jesus. Even Luke practiced with the goddamn lightsaber continuously. So I don't know if they. The tech wasn't there, or if it was really a kind of script idea. He that gives they up pretty to. easily on it too. Why doesn't he just walk over and get it? Yeah, the coolest weapon in the. Does he get it back? He doesn't get it back. He leaves it there, but she tells him the power isn't with the glaive; it's with you. And remember, she gives him the fire back from her hand that oh. she got from the wedding, and then he starts using that because he's not. It's dead. right over there. It's right. I see it. I see it. These guys are still the guys. Where oh, they cut? Can you back. move out of the way for that? I think it was stuck in him. 
So the they cut back just briefly to the show that the thieves are still pinned to the wall by those spikes. Yeah. So yeah, he actually takes a couple steps towards it, and he's gonna go up there. He's gonna go to where the beast fell down. You know, they always say in those horror movies, "There's always one last jump." I've seen. Uh, well, he's not completely. He's not dead even at all. Uh, he's just, I think, knocked out at this point. But he can't use the glaive anymore, so that's kind of <clears throat> gone to shit. So we see it just like sticking out of his chest, and Colin's like, "Eh, should I reach in? Yeah, maybe I'll reach in." Then this thing scares the shit out of him because his hand comes out, grabs the glaive, and Colin just feet, see, do your do duty, your duty. <laughs> and just busts out. Is Let's he dead? Yeah, he's here, dead. Girl. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. He's so dead. they just tail end and run it. They're like, "Fuck it. Let's get out of here." Oh, but the spikes start again. Oh God! Now what? They're like. The spikes are like literally up against their throat. I don't know how they survived that at all, actually. They uh, seems questionable. The script said it. They should survive. More sets, man. They go to these like crazy sets with all these stalactites and everything. And now the beast is finally here. He's able to just bust through walls and just kind of, I guess, destroy his own fortress. Yeah, this is where she tells him it's not the glaive, it's you. Yep, so she gives him the fire from the hand, which is kind of cool. I mean, you never thought that was going to be an element in the movie when you saw it at the beginning during the wedding ceremony. But then when she just... She's been carrying her around You've been carrying this the whole time? She's all hot and bothered. So she... Oh, man. The beast sees that she gives him the fire, obviously knows what the hell this means. You know what it means? It means you're a fucked beast. So he does like an egg chan. <laughs> I was type just of thinking thing. that. Yeah, no, when egg chan and little uh, big trouble little China thing. And Lopan kind of battle at the end with mm-hmm. those kind of like video game kind of yeah. laser beams. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. Colin just holds his arm out in like a huge ball of flame, like he's holding a flamethrower. Is this what burnt burnt uh, pinewood down? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a little touch up, just a little touch up right now. <laughs> and so yeah, he just did. You br- like that text I sent you? Yeah, yeah. About yeah. that Gainesville. Oh yeah, yeah, That's man. Crazy. So they, uh, <clears throat> we'll be talking deal of the century for sure in our obsessed with the obscure. He's Don't trying to get, he's still trying to get the glaive back. Let it go. Let it go. So yeah, then he is, he's able to just blow this guy out with all this fire. He didn't seem, he toasts him, man. You know what? This seems like a Dungeons and Dragons game or like a, uh, Legends of Zelda game where, the quest to get to them was way harder than the last boss. Yeah. Like the last boss is like, why was that boss so easy to kill when it was so difficult to get to him? <laughs> then you're glad. You're like, glad oh. that boss wasn't hard to kill. And he is just burning cinder now. And then I'll, now everything kind of dives down. Those spikes go away and everything. And their only situation now is just to get out of the Black Fortress. And once they go out of the Black Fortress, oh, yep, see, spikes are gone. If that moron had just held off a little bit. Yeah, pick up your ten dollars sword. Yep. Pick up. <laughs> <laughs> so then they go outside and uh, they're somewhere else. They they set it up like it should be there. Yeah, they're in the uh, they're in that like glassy plains. Remember, and he's gonna uh, he makes the uh, the head thief the new marshal. He throws him the key. Oh yeah. And he's yeah. like he's like hey, the only person who has this key is the king and the in his his lord marshal or something. And he's like. That's your job now. So you, you get the idea that they're going to go work together and they're going to save the universe, and this is totally set up for an awesome sequel. But but when you lose thirty, when you lose twenty something million dollars, thirty one million dollars, I think they lost. Yeah. You, you don't get invited back to the party. Uh-uh. 
you know? No. In fact, you're not even allowed to say the word crawl for like <laughs> yeah, six know, years. Yeah, I know, Figures don't get made. Little kids are disappointed. Oh. You know, but it, it allows the sequel not to get fucked up, you know? And maybe this could totally be remade. Totally be remade. And someone, a big crawl fan could come out and put probably $200 million in this and every effect would look crazy. I mean, they could flat out... St- Straight up, do a scene. What's scene the most remake. expensive movie ever made in today's dollars? Like today, probably Endgame. I think Endgame Marvel's was? Endgame was probably the most expensive. How much one. was that? We're talking three hundred, four hundred million dollars, maybe four hundred million dollars. I mean, it makes well. Its money back. The one thing you have to remember is at least a third of that is payroll. Yeah. Oh yeah, for those movies especially. Yeah, and those, but the Marvel yeah, Robert movies. Robert Downey Jr. is not coming back for less than thirty, forty. Million the Marvel dollars. movies will make their money back. I mean, they will. And I was surprised. Spider Man straight up saved yeah. the. I was saved super, the movie. I, was I went to the movie theater. I wore a mask during the whole thing. It did not affect. But I was uh, surprised to see the, how much money that made. Yep, I had gone eighteen months without going to the movie theater. Nineteen seventeen was the last movie I saw, and we saw oh, the yeah. theater. So it. it was good enough that it would drag me to the. And that was dinner. right. Was I the pandemic had just started too, right? What was that? The pandemic had just started. Yeah, it just started. We had seen it, and then we had I, me and my girl went to Denver, came back, and like a few weeks after that, that's when everything started shutting down. Because I went to all those Super Bowl parties. Yeah, and March fifteenth was the shutdown. We heard about some sicknesses and stuff, but nobody shut anything down. And then my, um, the co-owner of Contend, he went to yeah. Vegas, to a convention. Ooh. And they, in the middle of the convention, they started shutting things down. Ooh. We're still talking about it today. It's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to be in San Francisco for the Super Bowl this year. That's a Super Bowl Sunday that I'm there. It's the day before Valentine's Day, 13th. You're there during the Super Bowl? Yeah. So I'll have to and, catch it someplace. And you got your Airbnb already? Like what? You got an Airbnb yep, already? Airbnb. And it wasn't LA. that expensive? No, it's in San Fran. It's not in L.A. L.A. is the... Oh, L.A. is where the Super Bowl is. Okay. Super yeah, Bowl okay. Is, yeah. I so. was going to say... <laughs> yeah, that would have been a lot more expensive. I mean, it's probably smart if you stay outside and drive in. Well, the thing about L.A. is there's millions of hotel rooms. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's like... Yeah, that's all it is. So, All right, that's Crawl for this week. Next week, we've got a really exciting one with me and Justin. Justin's quarantining himself. Justin does not have COVID, but he has... Several whole... people at his work has have gotten, uh, gotten it or been around people that have had it, so he's been kind of quarantined. So as long as Justin... Is uh, is good to go in the next week or so. We are going to me and Justin are going to talk about I Come in Peace, which is a fabulous '80s or it might even be '90s I Come in Peace. That might be actually an early '90s one. And you leave in peace. That actually had a rename. They renamed it Dark Angel later on after the movie had come out. And I was like, now it's called Dark Angel, not I Come in Peace. I said I do not accept that. So was that Dolph Lundgren? No, Dolph Lundgren and Dolph Brian Benbeck okay, okay. from uh, TV's nice. Dream nice. On. Yes, <laughs> he was so great in that superstar. Yeah, so we're going to be talking about some I Come in Peace. But if you want to get a hold of us, you can check us out on our Facebook page where you can see the uh, collage pictures that we put up and movies we're going to be talking about that week. Or you can uh, leave us a like or a comment on SoundCloud or iTunes, our two platforms. Or you can shoot us an email, fascinatedfilms at gmail.com. Let us know what your favorite obscure movie is, 70s, 80s, 90s, any of them, man. We'd love to hear what obscure movies you are and you'd like to hear us talk about. We have a whole slew of ones on the the slate to go, but we're very interested in what other people think or if the ones that we've already picked are ones that you're going to talk about. So we're very curious. So hit us up. But until next week, see ya. Bye. Do you know who I am? No. I am Ergo the Magnificent. Short in stature, 
Tall in power, narrow a purpose, and wide vision. 